Parry Talks, welcome back. It's second episode of 2020, I think. Had the Velodrome boys on. Go check that episode out now. Please, it's a good one. It means a lot for Sydney. Um, got a new camera set up. Shout out to the GoPro. Sponsor me. Actually, shout out to a camera company that I can't name that does small cameras that are cheap. Lovely. Um, if I'm still going to be tweaking with that, so if the quality is a bit etched today, um, they'll get better as the interviews progress so we can get the lighting and the settings right. Yeah. Um, got a cool interview today. A fellow Paz. Paz's are rare in the music industry, so we got to keep them close to our hearts. And it's made in Paris. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. Um, funny thing is, the first time I met Paris, I was working at Obleger, obviously, and the first. So we worked on obviously Pursuit, the last Made in Paris release, and um, the first time I met Paris was actually emailing her interview questions for Purple Sneakers. Yes, that's all right. You did interview me. <laughs> so the fir- the only two real conversations we have that haven't been out yeah. with some alcohol involved yeah. have been interviews. So yeah. it'd be interesting to actually sit down and have a proper conversation. Yeah, for, for sure. Um, let's just start on Pursuit. We brought it up straight away. Yeah. Um, it's super interesting to see such a hardcore techno-focused track do so well on radio. Yeah, um, it blew me away. Like Just like the feedback and... The fact that it's gotten on Triple J and, and it got full ad and they've been giving it a rinse once a day practically. It's just insane. And I, I think um, a lot of other people have reached out to me and um, they have just said like how crazy it is and cool it is to see techno coming in and it gives them hope. A lot of these um, up-and-coming techno artists around Australia um, that they can perceive like we yeah. do stuff like that you know crack radio as yeah well. crack radio so um do you think that there was anything special about pursuit on the commercial side of things that made it stick on radio or do you think it was just a banger and that's what did it ju- it's justice um yeah I, I, I don't know what it is really yeah. i i think if triple j likes something they'll just take take it on like football like i think it's just you take your lock and you you just got to throw your, your all into your into your production and if they take it they take it and um yeah i'm just stoked that they were wanting to go for this one so it's good yeah i love that track it's so and i like dance music that's grand sometimes it can be super narrow-minded where it's like super punchy super narrow focus super dancey super hardcore club vibes but mm. for me pursuit something that's a bit bigger it's like a bit more grand and open and luscious at certain times as well yeah yeah um where did you write pursuit uh so i made a lot of pursuit when i was on tour um i was i sort of started the idea when i was uh in my hotel in la um when i was doing my last i think it was my last tour yeah around um the u.s and from there i um i got a train to san diego and wrote some more on that and that's sort of where the idea i guess started flowing with the pursuit yeah and everything like that um yeah pursuit um yeah it's just a driving track and it just feels like it's just taking you somewhere and you're just like on a journey um but like a like a strong journey like you're out to get something um yeah and and then i kind of got back to sydney finished the last bits and pieces and um send it off to off leisure and they were pretty stoked so yeah. that was that was good to hear um yeah so that's sort of how it was made so you wrote it on the road a lot of artists sometimes say that they're not in their comfort zone on the road they're not inspired on the road because of how much traveling and that sort of thing there is yeah um how do you feel typically making music on the road is pushing yourself out of your comfort zone something that like adds inspiration to your work yeah or? i think um you get inspired when you travel, for one. Um, so that it all takes a play into um, producing. And I think also I was um, doing that tour solo. So I had some time to myself and I just I just used that to its advantage. So yeah, that's kind of how it sort of happened. Yeah, more on the Paris side <laughs> of your world. Do you like traveling? It's traveling a big part for you do you think of I, I like exploring a, yeah. I'm a big explorer I love it um but I do get homesick yeah after a little while like I'm like oh I miss like Oz Australia like I miss the like Aussie weather and 
um, the beaches and stuff like that. So I lo always love coming home, but um, yeah, I love exploring. So whenever I'm any city I go to, I try and like get out and see as much as possible while I'm there, even though they're really short stints. Yeah. So. Yeah. I was about to ask, how do you manage to do that on like a tour? <laughs> I know, it's like, it's like no sleep and I'm like, should I sleep or should I go see things? And I'm like, just go <laughs> see, see things. things. <laughs> <laughs> sleep, you can sleep when you're dead. <laughs> All right, we have to go here. And I don't like putting people on the spot. Okay. I need the top three made in Paris destinations in the globe other than Sydney. That I have been to or yeah. that I want to go to? All right, let's go been to, okay. then we'll go dream destinations. Um, oh, uh, I really liked, um, London. London was really cool. Uh, where else have I been? I love New Zealand. New Zealand's so gorgeous and I love the people there and their accents. <laughs> they're just so friendly there and yeah, it's a beautiful place. I think they're probably my two top and Berlin was really cool too. Like heaps of, um, history and things to, um, go out and see and yeah culture very cultural culture culture <laughs> where haven't you been that you'd um, love to go i would love to go to japan yeah japan is like really high up there for me um where else japan has an interesting love for dance music as well like they're massive on it yeah doing the club culture in japan and they're so secretive yeah apparently like yeah all the clubs are just like really secretive and then you just go in there and there's crazy techno playing and it's just like what the hell like yeah. it's just so quiet on the street and then next minute <laughs> i think that's so similar to sydney now as well yeah Where, like, oh yeah and you hear like <laughs> you open the door yeah whoa there's <laughs> a party the in here <laughs> or like you just like hear a rattle off the back of some industry or like wait hang on a second yeah and this fucking like Should the I best residents in dj in that, sydney that happened a lot um when i was in berlin i'd just be walking past in the middle of the day and i'm hearing this like doof doof like rattle sound and i'm like some day parties going on in there <laughs> just like everywhere every corner you step on that they're, they're crazy party people i don't know if in berlin it's a a day party thing or it's still the oh well the yeah it's not a day party you you know what i mean <laughs> it's not the yeah. classic no they've been going <laughs> they've been going for a while i reckon <laughs> i feel like sydney needs that right now but venues and stuff i guess yeah not to get too contro yeah um wow i love yeah i feel like i need to do so much more traveling everyone around me says what are you doing, Parry? I'm like, yeah. I'm busy. But I'm like, yeah, I'll go to Melbourne or something. Yeah, <laughs> that's your travel. I'll Melbourne's go to Rebs. Great, <laughs> go to Revs. Like, Just stay Friday at Revs all weekend. Go land home. On, yeah, exactly. No hotel, no worries. Lots of culture there. <laughs> no, I'll head over to Europe, I think, this year. Yeah. Shh, don't tell mum. Please do. If you do, let me know. Are you gonna... I'll be there. Oops. Oh, <laughs> he's gonna kill me. No, no, no. no. Um, That's out and open. Yeah. And pursuit as well. We we're just talking about it before, where mm. it is very grand, very like big. Is there anything outside of or any specific environments that you were in externally that sort of inspired that, like the train or anything like that, on that sort of wave? Um, I'm trying to think back to that time because it's been a little while um yeah definitely the traveling um I was also I think in a musical spot where I was like wanting to take not a huge di different direction but like I just wanted to create something a little more serious but in a subtle way yeah yeah like, I don't know I just I wanted to take music to a, a bit more of a serious level yeah. and not yeah just like the fun clubby yeah, sound exactly. that I had been doing even though there was like previous productions like it's there was some there was some seriousness to it but I don't know I think yeah yeah I understand exactly what you're trying to get at um also playing shows overseas as well and something I'm so intrigued about just from a curiosity point of view um how do you think a set in say Berlin or London would differ from a club set you do in Sydney or Melbourne? Uh, well, for one, the main set time slot is like 5 a.m. So, <laughs> yeah, I actually like sleep, my normal sleep, wake up at like four and then go yeah. DJ and then go ha have breakfast and start my day. Yeah. 
<laughs> so that's a bit different. Um, yeah, they're just very chill. I think um, like security and stuff like that, very laid back. Um, no one's there to do, I don't think there's like a different, there's a different culture. Like it's not like, let's go get super wasted, super quick. Like they're in for the long run. Yeah. Like they're just chilling and and just enjoying the music and definitely there for the music. You yeah. can, and you can really see that, especially like in Europe areas as well. Yeah, so interesting. I feel like we're slowly building to that culture as well as yeah. our, our underground in Sydney gets bigger to the point where you have to buy hard tickets to see a DJ you really like. Yeah. And like, it's not that much expe- that much more expensive anyway. And we see it with your shows as well. Like you're yeah. playing Oxford Art Factory. You can't get into Oxford Art Factory just looking to get pissed and having a night out. So like, yeah. as our underground builds, I think away from like a walk-in club sort of culture. Yeah. We're slowly getting towards that, but Sydney will always be a bit further behind. Yeah. From Berlin. We're very limited. Well, we have been over yeah. the past few years with the lockout laws and everything like that really put a dent in on um, our scene. So we're just rebuilding. Yeah. Like you said, that's I, us now. <laughs> and But I sort of love like this, because re- I'm so young in the game, this rebuilding stage is so exciting because there are so many new promoters there's so many people using like unique spaces to throw parties yeah and it's so exciting like looking forward in the next like year i feel like so much will shift and change so yeah for sure i think so too i'm fucking keen yeah like even the gallery party we went to and angus will be the next episode that was fun where (laughs) this is a great story as well um like i was just like vibing so hard like just (laughs) this is the fucking best thing ever yeah at this spot in marrickville where like it's like a car park yeah it's like a car park party yeah and then where it's like full secure like full proper like the highest tier venue yeah full sound system full decks full stage and everything and then i just get a tap on the shoulder i'm like i'm so in the zone right now (laughs) please don't and it's just paris going paz i'm like oh get in here (laughs) sweating profusely i didn't like yeah you were really enjoying yourself when i got in there You were, yeah, you were, you were full in. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's just good. a testament to, like, that's such a new Sydney spot where we could even see, like, a Made in Paris DIY yeah. BYO headline yeah. show one day, which we is really, so exciting. We really um, think out of the box. Yeah. Um, we get very creative, and I love that. That's something I really love about Sydney's underground scene, for sure. We're just young people trying to have fun. Really. Yeah, we'll make a way. No one can stop us. <laughs> You heard her. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's take it back. Because okay. I feel like I was doing a lot of research and I feel like there hasn't been a lot on this. Um, what was your first introduction to music going all the way back? Do you remember things that were playing in the house that you were listening to yeah. like, as a child? Like, What was the first musical like awakening for you? Hmm. Um, I would. Well, my mum was really into like sort of like folk and like indie sort of stuff like the waifs and angus and julia stone and tracy chapman and stuff like that which was really nice and um connected emotionally on an emotional level with that type of stuff um and then my dad sort of listened to uh red hot chili peppers pearl jam you know all those type of um more rock psychedelic um stuff which i thought was really cool too um I've gone through so many different um, music, I don't know. Phases? Phases, yeah. And um, I guess, obviously, their music I fell in love with. Yeah. And that always is close in my heart, that all those um, older bands and um, singers and stuff like that. And then um, from there, I, I kind of went into this bit of a surfy mode. <laughs> where I was like listening to Jack Johnson and Pete Murray and all those um and then I quickly found a love for like um R&B Someone's party going someone. on out there <laughs> I think that might just be a car that's pulled up someone's heard that Paris is in someone's yeah. playing they're like literal techno out inside. we'll have to we might need to close that window but these mics are so sensitive yeah anyway, it's fine um cool sorry yeah. to interrupt that's all right um, yeah, and then I really got into like R and B. Yeah. Um, and that that was like a lot of my early teens, and then a 
found electronic music. I must have been early teens as well. And my sister, my older sister, she's five years older than me. So she started going to parties and um, she was buying like all the like wild CDs and mm. compilations and the ministry CDs and stuff like that, like the OG ones yeah. and stuff. So I would always go in and steal those CDs and getting a lot of shit for it. But that's kind of where I found like dance music yeah. and stuff. And then from there it was... Um, yeah, like listening to like Tigger, Mastercraft, all that electro stuff. Yeah. Like that was like big for me. Like I think that was my first love for electronic music. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then slowly it just changed. I think um, the more I delved into like electronic music as where I found like the more darker sort of sounds. Yeah. And, um, I got like into like Adana Twins and things like that. And um, once I moved to Sydney, um, I I started going to like Spice, um, and Sash and things like that, mm. and that's yeah, and that's where I found my yeah. sort of niche, yeah. I guess. Was it, it was like a development. Yeah, where did you grow up? If you don't mind me asking. Um, I grew up everywhere, up and down the east coast. All right. So I was um, family originates from around Bega area, I was born in Pambula, which is like not far from there just mm. down south from there and then i had moved all the way up to um byron bay lived all up and down up around that area multiple places yeah. i lived on a farm for a few years wow. um yeah <laughs> i like it was great as a kid um and then yeah moved back down to like um bateman's bay then wollongong and then sydney do you surf house i did surf for a bit but i I'm really shit now. <laughs> I, I sort of lost my mojo on that, and um, but I'm, I've I've picked up skating again, which Ooh. I'm liking. That's fun. I I love doing it. I, I was like heaps into it as, yeah. um, like early teenager, really early teenager. Or, yeah, I did that for a while. So yeah, that that's something I've gotten back into, which is great. Yeah, I feel and, like. And not to get too deep about it, but like mm. skate culture and dance culture is so similar. I think. Yeah. In the sense that. It's so communal. It's so just like whoever rocks up, we're all friends together. Yeah, and like 100%. that sort of thing. So I think it's so that's so nice. As yeah, well. I do love that. And um, what else do you do for leisure? Now that we're here, um, what are, what is <clears throat> leisure? When you um, put the compute, when you put the keyboard and drum machine away. Yeah. Um, well, I love exercise. I love yeah. the outdoors. I love going hiking. Um, getting together with friends and doing things like that is really fun. The beach. Um, Love the beach. You, I've you just know, moved. So. I, I've literally just moved like from a two-minute walk from the beach. So I've been going there every day, going yeah. for a swim, going for a walk along it. It's just, it's a happy place for me. Yeah, yeah. Nature is the, just the best. And yeah. Like the the culture that we're in of like dance music is so metro focused and so like city focused and hardcore like warehouse spaces, club spaces. Yeah. Um. And that sort of thing. So, like, taking a step away from that, going to nature and stuff, it's like, oh. Yeah. And, and a lot of artists connect with nature. Yeah. It's just, like, we're kind <laughs> just of, like, em- empaths, I guess. So, well, yeah, we need that. We need yeah. that time to reconnect with nature, I think. It's um, so beneficial for any artist, I reckon. Yeah. And I had an awesome conversation with another artist, and we brought up the point that being in nature is so similar to being in, like, a club when it's like when you are fully focused and fully immersed and it's like the world doesn't exist around it 100%. and when, when you're like when you're swimming or when you're on it's a hike it's like you're not thinking about anything you're yeah. just like purely in the moment yeah. and it's like endorphins and just like running through you. it's like it's you're such a similar feeling like yeah it's fucking unreal 100 percent. man i totally agree with you there we're just walking tropes here paris it's <laughs> <laughs> just the most generic and i'm not even a dj one day <laughs> one day Want me to train you? <laughs> Look, the only reason I do this podcast is that I can have DJs on so that I can pitch to them being like, hey, by the way, can you teach me? <laughs> can you teach me? No, I know how to mix. Like, Yeah, no, I'm no, sure I'm, you do. <laughs> I'm, just like, I'm pretty just, sure everyone knows how to mix in this well, industry. <laughs> I listen to like like the most generic soul house and stuff like nine times out of ten. If I was a DJ, I'd play like a dinner set, nice. which is like the easiest shit to DJ anyway. Just Yeah. These songs are literally the exact same anyway. Mm. So you just... They flow. <laughs> yeah. When you start getting into vocals and stuff, that's where I tap out. 
If there's a vocal on the song, I'm out of here. Yeah. It's a bit daunting, isn't it? You're like, is this, is my next track got a vocal in it? Is it going to clash? Let's talk about early DJing. Okay. Maybe you can give me some inspiration. <laughs> um, when did you decide, when was it the moment where it's like, I might be able to do this or I might have an intrigue in potentially DJing? Um, so I think it was my 15th, 15th or 16th birthday. Um, that was around the time that I, I found like a log for like electro sounds yeah. and everything like that, listening to the ministries and all that and, and, um, sort of like got an understanding of what a DJ is, what it does and like how mm. those combinations sort of, uh, sort of pretend, like kind of like mixing yeah. in itself because they mix um, them together so I think that's where I was like it, it sort of got my attention yeah. and then I made my mum buy me like a like a little DJ controller and um, I had no idea how to use it like I don't didn't know any DJs I was mm. just like mum I want to be a DJ <laughs> can you get me this thing and she's like okay and then yeah I would just literally fade it from one song to the next and I thought I was like doing it and I'm like cool and like showed my friends and I'm like this yeah right <laughs> anyways and then um yeah I just after that I sort of gave up on the idea a little bit and then it sort of came back to me I started becoming friends with um DJs dated a DJ it always, that's how it always happens yeah um that was like when I was like 18 and then they taught me how to mix and then uh, yeah that was done and then i and then i i found myself like a um a copy of ableton and yeah shortly after learning how to mix i started making music yeah. as well yeah. yeah i feel like there's something like a lot of people think just because you're a dj you automatically know how to produce but they're such different so like, different. Completely, like the most opposite skills so oh, yeah. the fact that you pick them up at a very at a, like at the start yeah. is super interesting yeah because like yeah i don't hear a lot of people do it that way they're yeah. a bit of a dj for a while and they're like okay well next step is yeah. producing i think yeah within six months of um learning to like to beat match and stuff like that i was like i want to be making yeah. stuff so i can play it yeah and do you think having that, you know, producer edge early on sort of helped out? Because you knew, like, when you were DJing to know, like, what sort of tracks really work and that sort of thing? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, definitely um, it's beneficial for you to know your tracks inside and out. Yeah. And if you're producing, you know how, like, arrange arrangement works yeah. in a track and um, how they can flow together and how you can put one another together. It's yeah i agree and obviously like we'll jump all the way forward and be like do you think is playing originals for you now the highlights of your sets and seeing the reaction of your originals probably the best i i I get really torn on because i find so so much like good music yeah and i'm like which one like i want to fit in my my tracks but then i also want to be playing these tracks because i'm so excited about them and after you hear your songs like a thousand times it's like maybe everyone else is excited and wanting to hear it but like yeah it's a it is good but it's really really cool to see reactions when you especially when you first finish a track and you like give it its first rinse it's exciting yeah is um playing like a a demo or a early edition or an idea of a track live and seeing the response a part of your creative process yeah and you can also i think it's good to test your tracks out a little yeah. bit um and see the reaction and if if it works well on the dance floor and mm. if it needs amending its groove yeah because groove is so important when it comes to club tracks yeah. like you could make the sickest track and think it's really cool but when you put it out there it might not have the right groove to move the dance floor so i think that's it's good to test and yeah. also just like dan- dance in your um studio yeah. like if you can dance to it, then... Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. If you can dance to it, then... Yeah. Well, probably... if you're struggling to dance to your own tracks and you need to, like, go back and, like, rework it out. <laughs> um, 
let's just jump all the way back again. Yeah. Because um, it was telling a neat little story. Yeah. So you learnt to DJ, started producing. Yeah. How did you find your first way into clubs? What were your first shows like? If you remember your first ever show. First shows, I was um, still in Wollongong at the time. Um, so my first, I think my first show was at 151. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Um, it, it had been around, like, it's been, like, reinvented a thousand times in Wollongong. I'm not sure if it's still running. I don't think so. Maybe it is. 151. Yeah, 151. Um, that, yeah, so that was, like, the place to go out in um, Wollongong. It had, like, two split levels. So I got my first gig there up, up the top level. So that was cool. Um, very scary. Um, I get very nervous and a bit of anxiety about, like, those things i think it's obviously gotten a bit better over time but if you yeah you gotta be nervous because that means means something to you and yeah excitement Um, yeah does that mean that you hate when me and jack and everyone whenever you rock up to any sort of event we're just whispering you secret headline para secret headline (laughs) (laughs) i always feel horrible but i'm like is it funny you're like you can do it you can do it because one day you're gonna be like yeah fuck it and bring usbs out and play a secret headline oh i've got my usbs on me i just (laughs) the second part i no, i feel i feel um sometimes i just feel a bit guilty like just taking over someone yeah of course if there's like a spare like slot and no one's and it's just all in then that's okay but i don't i don't like to rain on people's parade per se if you're at the um second parry talks party yeah and i don't have a headliner we may have just given you the the <laughs> hint of who might be the headliner is it a secret uh, you're unannounced <laughs> unannounced no we'll just secret headliner? someone will accidentally cancel on the night and then you'll come and i'll be like jump on i need someone to do look <laughs> i'm here for you so no, if that if that happens I've got your back, I've got your back, you know. Your agent is calling me on the Monday morning. (laughs) Like, what the fuck did you just do? (laughs) Gonna be mindful of that. (laughs) Nah, just kidding. (laughs) It'll be my dream to actually book Paris one day. So we'll make that happen. We'll manifest that now. Yeah, let's manifest. One day. One day. I'm gonna hit you up and be like, hey Paris, offer. Yeah. And we'll make it that way. Yeah. Um, Did you feel like... So you talk about coming to Sydney and then it like a lot exploding from there in terms of your musical brain and your mm. like club music brain. Yeah. Um, do you want to go a bit more into that? Like what did you see in Sydney? What spaces were you in in Sydney? That yeah. sort of triggered like a, a bit more of an emotional response to the dance music. Um, yeah, so when I moved to Sydney, I, I was playing at, um, I was getting a couple of gigs at World Bar um, and that was like called Cakes on the mm. Saturday night. That was like the old stomping grounds for me. like we'd be there every weekend and it was really um when king's cross was really thriving um so yeah that was really cool to do that but again it wasn't i wasn't getting to play exactly what i wanted Mm. to play like i was playing more along um like electro house bass house stuff which was all cool but i had kind of passed that point yeah um but the underground scene was still kind of growing. Techno really wasn't huge. Yeah. Um, there was literally like, I think, um, there was one other party, I can't remember off the top of my head now, that was doing like real heavy techno stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, other than that, I think I kind of started finding more cooler deeper emotive like underground stuff at at spice yeah that was kind of where i found like my little pocket i was like this is actually really cool um i got a lot of inspiration from going to those nights or mornings (laughs) both (laughs) Both? oh i can't relate because i'm only post lockouts and i've got no idea Mm. and um yeah and then and then followed by a sash because spice sort of after the lockout laws came in, Spice took a hard hit, um, really affected them, and they had to end up canning their yeah. thing, and which was really sad, because that was like a really special um, spot for me yeah. to co- connect with music and stuff like that. Um, so Sash was kind of my next go-to. Um, yeah, it would be cool to like go. You, if you went to the day party, it was more like deep house, house yeah. vibes, um, 
yeah more lushy sort of sounds and then you go to the night one where they chuck on some some pretty good cool like deep techno acts and stuff like that um so yeah it's good range um yeah and then obviously good bar now yeah um done some few good nights there um and the burdekin early days burdekin um when something else was um, Dave Stewart was doing his yeah. parties there. That was kind of a place to um, where we'd go. Yeah, I feel like Oxford Streets had a bit of a revival. Yeah, because like now it's like Universal, Burdekin, Oxford Underground. Of like nine times out of ten, we'll have a house or techno night. Yeah. Um, and then Good Bar as well. Yeah. And like that, like that's you could like be our at, new little yeah. hub coming, like, coming. Yeah, for like on the days like this night, there's Fiac. Yep. And. I don't know if it'll be announced by the time... It should be announced. It gets announced in mind. Yeah, it's Fiak and Nina Kravitz at Universal. Wow. And then it's DJ Boring. Spoiler alert. No, it'll get announced. <laughs> um, and, then, and then just down the road at Good Bar is um, DJ Boring Human Movement. Yeah. So, like, in, like, next door to each other pretty much. Like, it's and so I'm weird. away next weekend. <laughs> the worst weekend I know. to be away. It's a family event, but I can't really get out of it. And it'll be nice to go away with the family. It's been a while, so... Exactly. And um, just making sure Angus isn't messaging me angrily. Yes. Um, yeah, so I think it's so exciting. that, that. And, like, and another night, I think two weeks later, it's Object Blue at Oxford Underground, and then across the road at Universal is Bla- uh, Black Madonna. Yeah. Oh, no, it, I think someone else that I've forgotten about. Yeah. But there's a big clash. Right. And, like, just having clashes in Sydney is, like, it's the newest thing for me. Like, yeah. I've never had an it's issue like, with being, like, where do I go? How old are you, if I may ask? 20. What? Oh, my gosh. You're a baby. What did you... How old did you think I was? I don't know. 24. I take that. Yeah. I feel like... 20! Have you just lost all respect for me, Paris? No. <laughs> I'm just going to take you under my wing a bit more. Do it. Corrupt me. I need to be corrupted. <laughs> I don't, like... No, I will not corrupt you. And this is a bit more of a personal conversation, but <laughs> yeah. they can... Like, obviously good mates with Jack and Joe and stuff. Yeah. And they're, like, slowly corrupting me. Yeah. But I need, like, a... I think I need another perspective on mm. corruption. Right. So... Come in. Paris. Come into my circle. Ruin me. <laughs> Ruin me. Uh, yeah, wow. Jesus. I feel very old now. <laughs> I'm not going to ask your age on there. <laughs> now. We'll talk about it later. Um, Jesus. Well, so when you're playing those early shows, like mm. at the World Bar, and then later on, of course, mm. that's what you just spoke about. Um, were you made in Paris? Was it like, was it yeah. the brand beginning? Yeah, yeah. Um, made in Paris happened from the very start. I haven't had a different name. It kind of was. It came one night when I was with a bunch of girlfriends, and we all got really high, got stoned, and my mum was allowed no, to say that. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> and um, yeah, we were thinking of a name. And um, and someone just said that, and we all just thought it clicked, and we <laughs> laughed at it. But then we kind of took it on a serious note, yeah. And then it kind of just stuck, I and it's kind of just like because like they were like you know because like the music's made in Paris, yeah. you know, and like, I was like that makes sense, and um, yeah, like there's been times I've thought about it, but I I I like it. That's beautiful. And staying, I think. I think it's it's stuck as well. It's like. You don't have to think too hard about it. Yeah. Where it's like, if you really think about it, it's like, oh, there's some meaning here. Yeah. Like you just say made in Paris, Paris. Yeah. Everyone knows. Like, yeah, like, oh, everyone knows. Yeah. With a little eye, though. Yeah. Definitely little not a big eye. eye. <laughs> Otherwise, you're getting crap. <laughs> right. I'll, some insight. When I sent the first draft questions across yeah. to you, or to your manager. Yep. Um, I sent them also, and like, I think one of them had a capital I, and they got bounced back straight away being like, fix this before we show her, fix this before we show her. Yeah. So yeah, she's you, onto it. If you, know. you ever write in a comment section, made in Paris with a capital I, we're coming for you. Yes. We're gonna no capital I. Why no capital I? I'm gonna ask. I I'm don't know. Ask. I just like it. It just looks nicer without a capital I, with a small I. Just like me. I'm sold. It's it's the music in me. They can see this as well <laughs> if they're watching. Um. Let's look forward a bit. We've already been speaking for like 35 minutes. So. Yeah. Um, let's go to the label before we talk about the shows and the new music. Okay. So where was the 
like a maybe an inspiring moment or something where you're like I want to be a label head um oh just disc- wait first describe yep. what the label is what's it called when okay. you start it that sort of thing just um so the label's me. called Upon Axis mm-hmm. uh it's quite a small label I don't like to release too many s- releases um so we release like four to five a year um m- it's either my music or other like-minded mm-hmm. artists doing really cool stuff that I was just want to jump on and yeah. just share. Um, yeah, I I think it happened in around. It, it's been about three years now since it's been going. Mm. Um, I just wanted to create a platform for myself to express myself yeah. whenever and I wanted to. So yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of how it started. I just. I, I just really wanted to be putting out music and my music was in a space where I, I wasn't too sure where it was going to fit mm. and um, I didn't want that to d- restrict me from just being creative and doing what I want to do in yeah. the studio um, so yeah that's kind of where the idea happened and um, yeah it was really cool creating it and um, having getting to like share other people's yeah. music as well it's really it's really nice it's a yeah. good feeling to like push other people's music and see it flourish yeah exactly and like i feel like there's such a strong thing about our dance community in the sense that or in dance communities in general where people are super happy to offload knowledge and help people out and help younger people coming through and show them the ropes and that sort of thing yeah so like it's obviously like a instilled mentorship sort of like mm. culture inside dance music as well so it's good to see that yeah. flow through like on the both the industry side and also the friends and social side as well yeah for sure um so the last release was lex barlin yes how did you link with him how did you find his music uh and that sort of through thing? demos so he sent me through oh. some demos um yeah i made it immediately took a liking to his his production it's really cool and different i think that's what i liked to find yeah. is stuff that kind of pricks my ears and I'm like oh I haven't heard these sounds like it's it's um unique yeah and uh, that's what I like to um to get in demos yeah. so it's anyone who's <laughs> got some unique music send it my way you're just gonna get um, destroyed now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so he's really cool um yeah I hope Beautiful. to keep working with him um I'm He's a really nice dude. Yeah, and it's nice to see so much like techno come from Sydney, and it's yes, yeah. it's, it's sort of flourishing now. It's a new thing. It's been really hard to find um, artists um, in Sydney doing the cool techno stuff. I think it's it's just becoming a thing. I've yeah. got so many artists from Melbourne yeah. sending me through demos, cool stuff, and I've signed a few of them. Um, but yeah, Sydney is is only just sort of I'm starting to see yeah. it now, which is cool. But I mean, yeah, I think feel like Melbourne is always ahead in the underground scene than <gasps> Sydney, unfortunately. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, probably it's, it's true. It is a little <laughs> bit, but like we still got it. Yeah, exactly. It's just smaller. Yeah. that's the only thing. We still have a scene. Yeah, it's it's, it's and it's growing. Yeah. I think um, yeah, it's just Melbourne's a bit bigger. Yeah, and they also didn't get lockout laws yeah, and exactly. everything else so um and at the same time as well uh, we're just talking about the growth stage and we're going to see that flourish and in the growth stage as well people are going to be so much more urgent and there's going to be a lot more necessity to help people out and like there's going to be a lot less um complacency i think that sometimes yeah. it happened in the lockout law era for sydney but now that there's not going to be that complacency it's going to be a lot more we need to fix this we need to fix this and like with that hopefully more artists come out that you can sign and make money off yeah <laughs> Or lose. <laughs> or lose. Copious <laughs> amounts of money. Um, going forward, let's talk about Exordium and the tour. Mm-hmm. Oxford Art Factory. Massive congrats. Thank you. Um, is this your first, do you think, concert level sort of yeah. vibe in the stra- in Sydney? Yeah. Um, it's my first hard sell ticket run, so... Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's been really cool creating everything and the mini album and um also working on visuals and the stage yeah. setup and design and it's going to be pretty cool like a lot of um thought and effort yeah. is getting put into it so i'm really excited um for it to all come together and um yeah to, to play 
um, Oxford Art and headline that place yeah. is um, pretty cool. It's a good space and it fits the vibe, I, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like a it's like a big club Oxford Art Factory, I feel, because it's got those poles yeah. and it's like super intense and industrial in the feel. Yeah, industrial. And it's, and it's Love fucking it. loud. Like yeah. it, it's so loud and then you walk out and you're like, holy shit, where am I being? Yeah. Good um, sound. It's beautiful. Um spoke about visuals already. Mm-hmm. Um is it do you take a lot of the rain on the visual side of things or have you got like an artist you really like to do it? Um, What's the process there? Yeah, I've got... Um, so, I sort of come up with some ideas and a concept. Um, and, obviously, a lot of you guys have seen um, the tour art. Yeah. And that's sort of what it's based off. Um, yeah, so, I'm working with an artist, um, Patrick Santamaria. Um, so, he's part of Mataric. Yeah. And uh, I can't pronounce his thing. Is it Baby Cool? I think. Yeah, because I, I still haven't asked him this. But yeah, that's, um, if I'm pronouncing it right, yeah. baby cool. Yeah, I, mean, I think so. I, I think <laughs> that's people, how I would say it. I think if you go... But um, yeah, yeah, he's he's doing amazing yeah. things and his team there. Um, really cool stuff. And um, yeah, we're working closely together to do visuals and, and get it all um, in sync and everything with um, the music yeah. and yeah, and... Yeah. That man is a Sydney OG as well. Like yeah. A king yeah. of Sydney. Like oh, 100%. Dream. He's a legend. I'll have him on here soon, I think. Yeah, I think you should. I need to hit him up. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, so yeah, working closely with him. Um, also, um, Vi from Atari as well. Uh, we're working closely together to set up design for the, the stage, mm. um, which would be really cool. Yeah. I'm not going to say too much. Yeah. But yeah, it's going to be exciting to see it all come together, for sure. Yeah. Why do you think it's so important to be so, like, more than just a sonic experience now going forward for you? Like, I have you seen a show that's, like, sort of triggered and being like, this is so special? Or why do you think you're ready for it now? In this um, I think uh, once you get to the position I'm in now, um, after playing, like, a bunch of club shows throughout Oz and... And, you, and you're getting to the point of hard sale ticket, you want to give the punters a bigger experience, worth their buck, I reckon. Mm. And um, and it's just really good having that whole 3D aspect of the sound and the experience and the visuals. It's, um, it's really exciting and it really leaves a mark on people. Like, I previously just went to go um, see Floating Points. Oh, yeah. I was there that night as well. Were you Absolutely there? ridiculous, yeah. Far out. <laughs> I was... I, like, left that just, like, yeah. mind-blowing. It was so cool. That was, like, really cool. They just got me even more excited yeah. for the tour. I was just, like... Even though it's... I'm, I'm sure, like... Yeah, that's a lot of work yeah. to do what he did. But just putting my foot in that door yeah. is pretty exciting. Yeah, and... Oh, that show was fucking unreal. Yeah. I remember just like, I was just ready for like, yeah, because we had a big weekend, had some big nights the nights before, yeah. like a whole lot of people were in Sydney, and then I thought that was going to be the cool off of like this really nice electronic music, chill, just sit and watch. Yeah. But like, I was just down there, like it was so oh, intense, yeah, it was same. so beautiful. Oh, it was so beautiful, like, oh, the lighting and just yeah. how it just jigged and stuff, it was insane if anyone hasn't gone to see him live. It's a must. Yeah. He's, like, I think his sort of sound is, like, really um, inspiring me at the yeah. moment. What else are you listening to, music-wise? Can um, be outside the dance world, inside the dance world. Just oh. What's on the Paz? I'm trying to think. Um, uh, outside of music, I've been listening to, like, um, Benny mm-hmm. from New Zealand. I love her. Um, I've been. You guys are gonna laugh so hard. I've been listening to the Justin Bieber. Do you like album. it? Yeah. I have a soft spot for him, but Bieber is beautiful. He's Everyone's beautiful like, man. "What techno artist listens to Justin Bieber?" Hell yeah. Yeah, I think it's it. Play th- that shit in, yeah. in the car. <laughs> do you think it's it? Do you think it's important for you to listen to stuff outside of just like the techno dance music narrow mind like world to keep yourself not so narrow minded and keep yourself inspired and. Expanding. Yeah, yeah, I think um, I think there's no there shouldn't be any limitations to what you listen to, and you can grab inspiration from anything. Yeah. 
um, yeah, any genre. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to think what else I've been listening to. Um, Did you listen to the new Tame Impala album? Yeah, actually, no. I have been listening to Tame Impala. That's really nice. Cool. It's I'm liking it. It's heaps dance music inspired as well. Yeah. And I didn't expect it to, and I was like, mm. what? This is, a, this is a house record. Yeah, it's really it's cool. It's like 909s and stuff like what? Kind yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. The production in it's really lovely. So yeah, so I've actually been listening to that a bit. Um, I feel like I need to like pull up my like Spotify. Oh, she's done it. She's gone on her phone. <laughs> the first Parry Talks guest to go on her phone. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I want to see what's on mine as well. I like I like giving people a little insight. Yeah, it. I want to know now. So while you pull that up, I've been listening to a lot of Travis Scott, Back to the Rodeo stuff. Stream Young Franco Juice, out now by Of Leisure. Um, um, King Princess as well, yeah, always. Yeah, King Princess is cool. Um, yeah, and yeah. this Aloka. Aloka? Um, on Seal City Dance Disc. This is techno. Okay. EP. I'll show you it after. I think yeah, you might like it. It's it very me. aggressive. Um, yeah, Seal City Dance Disc, Volume 14. Check it out. That's what I'm listening to, friends. Nice. Hit me, Paz. I need your insight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to... Like, Lime Cordial and stuff like that as well. It's just, like, for more chill stuff. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I'll put you on the spot. Yeah, put me on the spot now. (laughs) I'm going to put you on the spot again. Oh, gosh. Here we go. I, like, I ask this out to everyone. But now (laughs) that I'm just slamming you... Yeah. Do you have a favourite mix slash boiler room slash circle that's just, like... The, the the king of mixes, iconic Ooh. mix. Ooh. Um. Or like two or three that just like in no particular order that are just goat mixes. Um, I do like the Injuna Deep mixes, pretty yeah. cool. Um. What else have I? What other mixes? I don't know. <laughs> you have put me on the spot here. I just bully all my guests. <laughs> you bully me. <laughs> I get them in and I'm like, be ready for a grilling. Yeah. And then just handcuffed him to the, to the desk until they answer all these horrible questions um yeah let's talk about um yeah don't about it <laughs> let's talk about the music okay if it's a mini album not yep. an EP not an LP yeah it's a mini album what does a mini album mean okay if you want to explain <laughs> I'll give you the platform take it away well it's more than an EP but it's less than an LP and it's around so it's six tracks so it's like half an album. So we've yeah. we've titled it like a yeah. mini album, and um, it's kind of worked yeah. cool because everyone's like, "What's that? What's that? Yeah. What's a mini album?" It like, is, it's, it's exciting. It's catching people's eye a little bit and attention, um, which is cool. It just sort of flew like yeah. flowing like I don't know. Yeah, is writing a longer like, body of work in the terms of like putting six tracks together that make sense together that flow nicely, um, more like a more exciting task for you as a producer than just doing like club singles and that sort of thing yeah no i i think that's kind of why i wrote um this release is mm. i just wanted to um you know experiment a little bit more and um try out new sounds and um yeah it's it's got like a whole range like it's they're all pretty dancey but um i've really played around with like the arrangements and the sounds and stuff it's like it was really cool to make yeah. and um i got to express myself a lot more with this one yeah. which was really cool to do do you have a favorite track of it that you can just tease everyone with and just ex- and just get them hyped for it or if, like if you want to describe a certain track and just um just get the hype going okay because you're putting the teasers out which yep. is obviously causing a bit of a ruckus as well yeah and then like you're very open with this project and like very just like you just want people to be excited for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I think it's such a unique rollout and that's like exciting to see. Instead yeah. of where sometimes a lot of DJs can keep their cards to themselves and be like, Oh no, like I'll play it in the set but like there's no way I'm giving you the ID for it. Or yeah. There's no one giving you a snippet. Well I think um the idea of like the teasers was like good to like get the punters aware of like what they're gonna go listen to mm. because it's kind of the tour is kind of like a listening party as well. Yeah. Because I've sort of aimed to release the whole um, release after the tour. Yeah. So everyone that goes to the shows is going to hear the songs for the first time. It's not going out to any DJs. It's just 
Yeah. That's the first time they'll hear it anyway, besides the, the little teasers. Exactly. So, um, yeah, there's... I kind of... like the one... Oh, I don't know. It's tough. They're, They're all, all quite babies, different. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, Exordium is, like, great. I really loved creating that mm. really opener track and it just, like, builds and that was really exciting to do and... Uh, um, also really like wasps on mars yeah because i just created this really random like buzzing sound and and then it's such an eerie clonky sort of vibe and yeah that's sort of where the song name came in the title yeah um but yeah i really it's like different yeah i don't know like it doesn't sound like anyone is sounds it, like me. Yeah. <laughs> I well, don't even know if it's it's the new me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what skills do you think that aren't probably necessarily like directly that the audience can see? Do you think you've developed the most like putting this project out compared to some of your previous work? Um, I think, ooh, I think just like not having limitation on like what's expected from like a club track per se, mm. like. I didn't really go out to just go make all club bangers in it. I think that was, and get to experience creating um, different ways of writing and arranging music. Yeah. I think that's what I, I got experience in that, which was really cool and it got me more excited yeah. for like what I can do and um, things I can try now as yeah. well, yeah. After putting out and putting so much effort into a release, like a mm. six track, obviously it's a lot of work from yeah. the creative point of view, and then the visuals and then the tour, you're going to get off tour, the tracks are going to get put out. Do you feel relief or do you feel a bit of anxiety being like, holy shit, I've got to go again? Or yeah, that well, sort I'm of already thing. going yeah, again. Exactly, right. So I haven't stuck. even had, yeah, I was like, I'm going to give myself two weeks after this. Yeah. And then I was like, no, I couldn't resist, <laughs> just back into it. So yeah, I'm already writing new music. Um, um yeah there's just a few places i'm i'm sort of pitching to and stuff like that and work uh, like labels i'm working with at the moment so um yeah i'm just like experimenting but you know it's it's good to just step out of your comfort zone make sure i think i have like a signature sound yeah but all my tracks try not to make them very similar to one another i want them to be as i was saying before like pricking your ears like just how i want to hear demos from other people that's how i want to make my music yep i'm excited i think that's a good point to that's a nice full stop yeah made in paris exordium tour do you know the tour dates uh yeah so we're kicking off the tour on the 17th of april for Mm -hmm. sydney show that's at Oxford Art. Uh, and then 18th is show number one mm-hmm. for Melbourne because we just sold out the other day. I know. I was stoked. Um, so, yeah, that's at the Nightcat. Mm-hmm. Um, following weekend, second show for Melbourne um, will be on that following Friday. I think it's the 24th. We'll put Sorry. the dates in the bio yeah. as well. 24th. Um, for the second Melbourne show and um, then Perth is finishing up in Perth so that's on the 25th beautiful Yeah. if you're at the Sydney show and you find me oh we'll find you no 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 not you <laughs> oh. a fan <laughs> trust me you'll see you're me you're just gonna hide um, and a fan comes up to me and says Parry talks to me I'll buy them two drinks okay made in Paris Paris talks Parry talks thanks for listening <laughs> Um, Thanks for having me. Anytime, Paz. Legit, anytime you want to have a conversation with someone, let me know and we'll do it. Cool. Take care. Thanks. I'll see you next week. See ya.